back, Misfits, to the Misfits and Mysteries podcast. As you guys know by now, we are your weekly podcast where we talk about everything from psychology and history to cryptids and aliens and everything in between. We are your hosts, Emmy. And Steve. So Steve, what's been happening this week? So actually, right before we recorded, for the first time ever, we got lucky. There's breaking (laughs) alien news and it's not coming out two or three days after we're done editing the episode. And I'm like, fuck this. I'm not adding it in. So according to former Israeli space security chief, aliens not only exist, but the U.S. and Israelis have been working with the Galactic Council for years. Who is the source on this? He's like an 80-something-year-old man, but he was the head of the space security in Israel. Who is the source on the story? Oh, that's reporting it? Yeah. The Jerusalem Post. Okay. And the guy's name is Yadat Aharonat S. Hend. And he was the head of Israeli space security program for nearly 30 years. And he's like a really like well-decorated guy. I think he's 87 now, so maybe he's losing his marbles. Who knows? <laughs> but according to him... The U.S. has some sort of agreement with them so we can learn about space travel and in, like the fabric of space and time. And apparently, there is a secret underground base in Mars where American and alien representatives meet. Wow. And according to him, at one point, Donald Trump almost gave it away, but the council shut him up. Oh, so the president, I mean, the, I guess the president must know about it. Allegedly. And they're saying that is why... Trump just created the Space Force. Trump would be the one to give it away. I know. And (laughs) so the reason that they haven't told anyone is that the Galactic Council thinks that humanity is not ready yet for this and everyone would freak out. Which is funny because if he's been serving under these aliens for 37 years, why would he like ruin intergalactic relations? Are they trying to like screw him over or something? And I mean, you've had 37 years to get humanity ready for this like i know it could be going on even longer we don't know but yeah yeah so the u.s and israel may or may not be part of a galactic council just like in star wars very interesting well i mean maybe we'll be hearing more about this story that'd be kind of cool though i mean we'll see it'll be sweet yeah so we finally got some news that broke our way i mean by the time (laughs) that we report this it comes out in like what two days three days everyone's gonna yeah. be like, this is old news we all, it's like aliens yeah we've already all accepted them we're all part of the council now it's like god damn it but that's just how it breaks for us yeah, yeah. we're a few days behind but that's okay but yeah all right so do you want to tell us what we're uh, getting into today Amy? Yeah, today as a part of our christmas special we are going to be talking about krampus who's one of my favorite legends to talk about we also have a very special guest michael wormer the gator crusader coming on we had an incredible time talking to him we learned so much about alligators this episode is gonna be a little longer because it was hard to cut things out because we really just enjoyed our conversation and it it was was very fun and informative so we might cut back on some other areas but it's good we also have a trailer that we're doing this is a new thing we're going to do we're going to throw in some trailers for other independent podcasts to help support each other. We have one for the great podcast for nerds by nerds. And then we'll wrap everything up with kid nation episode five. Awesome. 
how I actually found out about Krampus. So this is kind of a funny story. So I was in this class my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. And it was my first semester at this school. So, you know, I was all intimidated. Is that when you were <laughs> in London? No, it was after that. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So it was my first semester at this school and, you know, freshman year, I was very intimidated. And all of the people in this class, it was a uh, speech writing class and everyone in it was second semester seniors. And a few of the people were taking the class pass fail. Mm-hmm. The very last class and our professor was retiring that year. So uh-huh. this is literally the professor's last class ever that he's <laughs> teaching. And the last class that these seniors are taking. So we go through everyone's final speech. You can do a speech on whatever you want. It just has to be informative. Mm-hmm. And so the last guy gets up there and he goes, well, everybody, I'm telling you about Krampus. <laughs> <laughs> and he gave a seven minute long speech about Krampus and his facts were like, fact number one, Krampus will take you and drag you to hell if you are bad. Fact <laughs> number two, Krampus will spank you on the butt if you are bad. <laughs> the whole time the professor is just sitting there with his arms crossed and even if you're taking the class pass fail, I would be afraid that I would fail after that. Yeah, unless he knew that he couldn't possibly fail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that was how I first learned. That's about a fun story. <laughs> yeah. If you'd like to hear more about Krampus, here it is. All right. So in Austria, children get visited each Christmas by St. Nicholas if they're good and Krampus if they're bad. Mm-hmm. So now at this point, you know, we've covered Iceland in our last episode with the yeah. Yule Lads, and now we're moving on to Austria. Oh, that's exciting. I know. Does it's the Krampus exciting. slam doors or lick spoons? Not quite. He doesn't scrape he's pots? Actually lot, he's actually a lot scarier than the, than the Yule Lads. Scarier than Door Slammer, who doesn't let you sleep for 13 nights? Yeah. Oh, boy. Definitely <laughs> scarier than... Uh, Spoon liquor. Spoon liquor. Liquor. My muscular tongue. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. Okay, so Krampus historically would come on St. Nicholas Day with St. Nicholas, which is on December 5th, the night of December 5th. And then on the 6th, you know, the kids wake up. And again, like Iceland, they put shoes out Mm -hmm. and St. Nicholas puts candy in the shoes of the kids who are good. Mm -hmm. And Krampus puts twigs in the shoes of the bad kids. That's just like a minor inconvenience, but. It gets a lot worse. worse. (laughs) So I'm just giving you the overview right now (laughs) before we get in like deep into the legend, but. Mm -hmm. So legend has it that throughout the Christmas season, misbehaved children are beaten with twig branches by Krampus, and he will actually put them into his sack and bring them to hell. Oh, boy. (laughs) Do they stay in hell forever, or is it just like a temporary trip? I think they disappear forever. Yikes. 
So what does Krampus look like? He's a mangled, deranged, half goat, half demon. Oh boy. With bloodshot eyes and a furry black body. And he has these giant horns that crawl up from his head. So he really looks like the devil. Mm Mm-hmm. Just a quick aside that I'm wondering about that maybe a fan can answer or we can do research on. I don't really want to talk about Satanism that much, but I've always been curious about the fact that like the lamb is like Jesus and you sacrifice the lamb, but then Mm -hmm. also goats, which they're similar animals, like domesticated animals are always associated with like the devil and demonic possession and whatnot. I'm just curious why that is. If anyone knows. That's very true. That could be something. That has something to do with the Bible. I bet. If anyone knows, let us know. Yeah, I'm genuinely curious. Please let us know. So anyways, each year there's this Krampus parade that goes through Austria. Mm -hmm. And what it is, is basically like these drunk men dress up as Krampus Mm -hmm. and they go through the street. It sounds like SantaCon, but like scary (laughs) SantaCon. So those of you who don't know, SantaCon is this... (laughs) awful day where in manhattan and maybe other places i think there's SantaCon in other cities I think a bunch of drunken like 20 somethings go around and just ruin your time they just are dressed in santa outfits get obliterated go to crowded bars and everyone mm-hmm. looks down upon them i went to my first and last SantaCon last year it was terrible it was i had terrible. mono so i had to miss it and i don't really regret missing it because it sounded kind of awful well, it was just like every bar was packed wall to wall. You had to wait 20 minutes to get in. Everything was expensive. You couldn't get a drink. It was just yeah. everyone throwing up. It was you disgusting. also get discriminated against because people don't want Santas. Right. Yeah. Like you try to go into anywhere to get a bite to eat or something or go to the bathroom and no one will let you in. <laughs> <laughs> You're just in a Santa costume. It was just our Krampus con next year, 2021. Krampus, that's fun. But instead of drinking, we just run around abducting children. <laughs> well, that's so that's what they do. That's literally what they do is they not abduct, not abduct, not abduct. <laughs> okay. But they dress up in these like big furry suits and like a huge mask. Mm-hmm. And they'll just go around scaring children. That's the goal of the day. That's kind of fun, but also mean. <laughs> I know, but it's like trying to scare them into being good kids. That's um, interesting. And it says that it's having a resurgence throughout Austria, Germany, Hungary, the Czech Republic, and even the United States. So maybe coming to a town near you. Ooh, that's kind of fun. I mean, I know it is. Are Krampus and Santa buddies or like, because they sort of have like a similar domain, but they don't really overlap, you know? One abducts children, one gives the good ones presents. Right. Well, like St. Nicholas is technically not the same as Santa. Oh, okay. Austria. I think St. Nicholas here has become synonymous with Santa, Mm -hmm. but I actually can tell you about St. Nicholas. Tell me all about him. So St. Nicholas is the patron saint of children. Mm -hmm. And his saint's day is December 5th, Mm -hmm. which, you know, it being so close to Christmas kind of 
made people link the two. Uh-huh. With the Yuletide season. Good old Yuletide. Um, the Yuletide. So he became associated with St. Nicholas because they were like, all right, well, we can't just have this holiday where everyone gets candy and it's just like a great day. There needs to be like a counter to it. Mm-hmm. So, like the fear of God India somehow. Exactly. Krampus's name originates with the German Krampen. Krampen? Krampen. And legend has it that he is the son of the Norse god of the underworld. Ooh. So that's why he can bring you to hell in his little sack. <laughs> nice. Is there anything you can do to not get thrown in Krampus' sack? Just be a good kid. Just be don't a good be kid? Bad. Yeah. As long as you're good, you won't go to hell. Hmm. Well, sucks to suck. Does he fill his sack often? Like, Gyla has plenty of food for the lads all year round. Yeah, I mean, it says throughout the season, children go missing, children, you know. Naughty boys and girls. Naughty, naughty children. (laughs) And actually, during the 12th century, the Catholic Church attempted to ban Krampus because of his resemblance to the devil. But people loved the celebration so much that they actually just overrid the church and <laughs> were like, we're just going to keep doing this. That's interesting that the, the Catholics tried to ban Krampus. I guess, is he Austrian and German or just Austrian? So I think it's mostly in Austria. Okay, that makes sense then because Austria yeah. is traditionally more Catholic and Germany is very Protestant. And just a random fun history aside, because we sometimes talk about history here, when the Germans defeated the French under Otto von Bismarck, they were concerned that the Catholic Germans weren't going to side with them because they're Catholics and they didn't want like Catholics having power. So it'd be interesting if Krampus became more popular in Germany around that time, maybe because the Catholics tried to ban it and they're like, nope, we don't mess around with that. That's interesting. Well, there's actually some other Krampus-like figures Mm -hmm. um, like elsewhere in the region. So in German, there's Belsnickel. Give us a little overview of Belsnickel. I'm curious. So Belsnickel, he's very similar to Krampus, but he is a bearded man. Mm -hmm. And he carries a switch to beat children who are not being good. Oh, wow. Imagine getting beaten and then kidnapped. Well, his whole thing is... A few nights before Christmas, he comes to the door and he's like kind of creepy looking bearded guy. And he comes and knocks on your door and the children have to answer the door and they have to answer some kind of academic question like recite a poem, like tell me this verse from the Bible, answer this math question. And if they get it right, they get candy. Mm -hmm. And if they get it wrong, they get beaten. (laughs) What? That's worse than Krampus. Right? You have to do math when you get home from school. You just open the door. It's like. Yeah, just open the door in this terrible. 39 times 58. And then I get beaten because I don't know the answer off the top of my head. I mean, and why would your parents open the door? Yeah, I know. Seriously. Right? But the whole thing is Belsnickel comes a few weeks before Christmas. So it's like a little checkup before Christmas. So if you're mm-hmm. not doing well, he'll like give you a little hit on the back 
and that'll remind you to be good and like do your homework. Or- so in Germany, we have Belsnickel beating the dumb kids and Krampus stealing the naughty kids. Tough growing up in Germany. <laughs> well, no, Krampus. Krampus is mostly just in Austria. Oh well, they border but each other. You might have Krampus too. Belsnickel <laughs> is awful. You have a lot of things to be afraid of. <laughs> I mean, yeah, Germany's. They're an interesting, interesting people. Yeah, exactly. So just, you know, going through some fun facts. Yeah, tell me some fun facts about Krampus. So he originated like a very long time ago, like 12th century. Mm -hmm. But more recently, like into the early 1900s, a lot of people were sending postcards back then, especially in Germany and Austria. Mm -hmm. And that's when... Krampus starts becoming like kind of a pop culture figure is when he's featured on all of these postcards and it's not only him you know being scary and beating children but there's also sexy Krampus cards what is a sexy Krampus card so it's him like proposing to a woman or like next to a sexy lady (laughs) or (laughs) <laughs> like combining like the horror and the sexy. That's really funny. We gotta find one of those. And put it on the blog. <laughs> well, apparently they became really popular in the early two thousands in the US. A lot of I'm, people were I'm Googling sexy Krampus. I can't Google that on my work computer. <laughs> no, not sexy no not sexy naughty Krampus. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Wow. You might get something weird. No, it's actually not that bad. No, I I could see that being sexy in like 1900. Oh, like with the pinup girls. Yeah, like the pinup girls. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Well, yeah, let's get back to it. All right. What other facts you got for me? So there is another kind of Krampus-like figure in France. It's a Krampus. His name is Hans. Hans Trapp. Hans Trapp. Yeah. So he's kind of like the, the bootleg Krampus. He's just like <laughs> some like little old dude who's got sticks on his back. Okay. And apparently like all the kids know like Hans Trapp is coming and it's kind of just like a ugh. Kind of feeling not like, oh my god, I'm going to die. but like, just God like, damn it, Hans Trapp. Yeah, like, come on. So apparently Hans Trapp's thing is that way back when he was an actual person who was arrested for heresy and he was excommunicated for worshiping the devil. Ooh. So because he was exiled, he has gone into madness mm-hmm. and... He has all of these dreams of biting human flesh. So legend has it that if you see him in the woods or in the field, he'll come and bite your leg or your arm. (laughs) Bite you? Does he kill you or just give you a little nip? So I don't think that he actually eats people. I might be mistaken, but I think he just comes up and bites you. That's still dangerous. You could take a chunk out of someone's arm. Yeah, and you don't really want to get bit by, like, this really old 
devil worshiper man yeah i mean you only get bit by a human in general if you're bit by a dog you don't need to go to the hospital if you're bit by a human you do because all the bacteria that's gross he's in exile he probably hasn't brushed his teeth in years well he's also probably like three thousand years old at least that's true mr von trapp yeah you know what i was wondering going back to the alien topic what if all these folklore stories were actually true and it was just some pesky aliens just coming down to fuck with people. Yeah. Well, but something like Krampus, we know that, like, drunk people are dressing up and pretending to be Krampus. One hundred percent. They're doing that. Yes. <laughs> That's incredible. Just I, like we have, I mean, we have, maybe, we should, maybe we should do that. Maybe. We have drunk Santas burning out the gavel goat. We have drunk people dressing as Santa Claus. We can get some drunk Krampi to the pull of Krampuses. I feel like you're more likely to get arrested as Krampus. I think so, too. But it just adds to, like, the danger and the fun of it. Yeah, we can get, like, big net. We can just run around and we just snatch kids up in a net and run away with them. Uh, Maybe not, but maybe. (laughs) (laughs) uh, We can table that and come back to it. Table that idea. That could be a possibility. (laughs) That is uh, definitely an idea. (laughs) Definitely an idea. We'll put that in the tickler file. Abducting children while dressed as Krampus. It's a prank, bro. Yeah, we we won't bring them to hell. Just no. I don't. I don't want them. I don't want the children. Oh, that's not a responsibility. I want. We'll like steal them for a block and then put them down. Just cause. Just cause. We're going to instill some fear in their hearts. Because I'm Krampus. To the interview now. Welcome, Miss Fitz. We have a very special guest today. It is Michael the Gator Crusader. You know him from his YouTube videos. He's had interviews on MTV, ESPN, news stories. He's been named Florida Man of the Year. He's a gator extraordinaire, so we're very excited to have him on the podcast today. So welcome. Wow, there's a lot for me to live up to after all of that introduction. (laughs) Right now, people hear Florida Man of the Year, and they're like, oh, this is going to be some crazy stuff. (laughs) Yeah, right now, I'm doing the podcast in just my underwear, just to fit that Florida Man of the Year. (laughs) So have that in the back of your mind as you hear everything I'm saying. (laughs) Michael, do you want to tell us a little bit about what you do? Sure, sure. I, I kind of focus on training alligators. A lot of people down in Florida do gator wrestling where you jump on their back and pry their mouth open. I don't want to do that. I love alligators. They're like my kid. I've been working with alligators for 29 years now, so I really love them. I focus on training and then I also focus heavily on social media. I looked a few years ago, I was like, you know, Crocodile Hunter, he kind of pioneered alligator people mm-hmm. for, for <laughs> no. cable TV, but nobody's really done it for social media. So I kind of, you know, really focus on making YouTube videos. I also try to focus on the comedy side, simply mm-hmm. because I'm a natural comedian. I'm not super scientific. Like, I know the scientific words. Like, alligators have something called a nictitating membrane. 
I just like to call it the extra cool eyelid thingy. You know, so, uh, you know, I'm not that scientific. So if you're looking for all this scientific information, you may not like my stuff too much, but I try to put alligators in more of a comical role just because I feel like if you're having a bad day, you don't want to hear somebody talk about the exoskeleton, blah, blah, blah. You want to hear, you know, just something fun. You want yeah. to see a guy literally in Speedos with a piece of chicken between his legs and a gator diving at his crotch. And you're like, is this guy going to make it? Is this guy the stupidest guy in the world? You know, if you're having a bad day, and trust me, with this year, we've all had many, many bad days. Oh, yeah. Something yeah. like that might be able to get your mind off it for a few minutes. So I really try to focus on, um, even as I'm saying these things, I'm like, wow, I definitely fit the misfit portion <laughs> of your, your show. Hey, like, I even saying it, fun. <laughs> even to me, I'm like, wow, I sound like a weirdo. And it's, it's my own life. But That's exactly um, what we're going for. Yeah, we want right. to talk to interesting people. There, there you go. And what's funny is a lot of people who know me, they're like, the alligator thing is about the most normal thing about you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, if, if you think this gator stuff is weird, just hold on to your pants. It gets worse. Yeah, like um, <laughs> in my house, I don't have any furniture because I was like, what do I need furniture for? I would rather spend money on getting the latest Star Wars figure than a freaking couch. Uh, so I realized yeah. I don't have couches, I don't have TVs, I don't have a lot of lamps, but what I do have is a lot of pirate uh, paraphernalia and stuff from doing alligator shows. Oh, awesome. So <laughs> if you were to look in my living room, and I have this on YouTube somewhere, I don't have couches and chairs. I just have like a whole pirate setup. So you open the door and the first thing, it looks like the Pirates of the Caribbean. That's my house. <laughs> I love that. sounds that. fun. Oh, yeah. It sounds like you always have something to wear to a Buccaneers game if you go down to Tampa. There you go. Yeah, I, I am from Tampa, so it totally fits the whole Buccaneers thing. Though this year, I'm, I don't know. We were all excited about getting Brady, and so far, he hasn't really impressed us too much. But. I mean, he's old. He actually doesn't play well in the uh, night slot. I think it's past his bedtime. That's true. That is true, because I have noticed all of the night games that it's, like, highlighted, he does worse. So, yeah. I don't know. We was all like, so that was, I even made a YouTube video of, Gators, what do you think? Brady's coming to town. Because <laughs> what, what I like to do with my Gators is actually build a bond, build a relationship with them. I will actually sing songs to them. Mm -hmm. I reenact movies for them. I'll watch, like, I'll put movies on my Zovone. We'll watch them together. Like they just saw the latest episode of The Mandalorian, and <laughs> man, if you have not watched it out there yet, you got to. It's cool. I, I actually just got um, Disney Plus with our updated phone plan, so I'm planning on checking out The Mandalorian at some point. It's worth. I mean, if you even kind of like Star Wars, you will definitely like. I grew up a fan of Star Wars, so I think there I'm you go. Enjoy it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you will definitely. It's it. I felt. I I don't think I've been as excited for to watch Star Wars since I was maybe seven years old watching Empire Strikes Back in the movie theater. Like that's how good this episode is. Wow. All right, so I'll have to check that out. So yeah. I guess to circle back to something you said with training the alligators and developing a relationship. So right. I was curious about that where I understand how like relationships with like dogs obviously have a dog, right? Right. So right. I'm curious. I've never really thought of it that way. 
how similar would you say it is to like having a relationship like a mammal, having a relationship with an alligator? I mean, it, it is different with a reptile simply because a lot of alligators and reptiles is based on the weather. Like if it's cold out, they're not gonna obey as well. But if you give me a nice warm day, I would say I could get alligators to do things. I've had people watch and say, holy cow, my kids don't even behave as well as your freaking alligators. <laughs> Which you know, kind of rocks your mind because you think of these alligators. We've all seen the movies and the TV shows. I mean, that's one of the reasons I even got interested in gators. See, we'll throw a little sci-fi in here to kind of fit fit the theme of the show. Like the reason I got interested in gators is when I was a kid, I loved the episode of Star Trek where Kirk battled the Gorn, which is like the tall lizard creature. And I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, he's battling a monster. Then I saw gator wrestling and I'm like, that's pretty close to what I just saw <laughs> Captain Kirk do. So that's what kind of molded me into this direction. So, you know, that's what you think of when you think of, of alligators and crocodiles, these crazy dangerous animals. Right. And they are dangerous. So in case any kids are at home, you know, you don't want them to be like, oh, this guy said gators aren't dangerous. Don't get me <laughs> wrong. They're super, super dangerous. If you see them, leave it alone. Yeah. Uh, we yeah. had to get that out of the way. While yes. we're on that, the reason I originally discovered you is there's that famous video of you falling into the gator pit and then right. getting out really, really quickly. Super fast. Super so fast. How do you not die if you fall into a gator pit? Because that'd be my worst nightmare. I think I'd just get eaten. <laughs> yeah, most, most people are convinced I'm dead. Uh, somebody uploaded that video on TikTok. And they had like 10 million views. And I'm like, why oh can't I gosh. get the 10, 10 million views? But wow, that's a story for another time. But I would try to go on his page and tell people when they're like, this guy is dead for sure. I would say, no, it's me. I'm alive. Come, come follow my page. <laughs> and people wouldn't believe me. They were like, no, this is either his yeah. brother or family member. And even when I would upload new videos, people would say, oh, this must be his daughter or son or somebody like uploading videos in his memory because there's no way, no way he's alive. Everyone's convinced I'm dead. I even Google searched myself once. And <laughs> one of the very, very top searches is, is Michael the Gator Crusader dead? So obviously oh a lot of people God. are thinking I am dead. That's insane. When I first saw the clip, because the first version I saw, it cuts out when you, before you scramble out of the water, which is incredible. Yeah, I did that on purpose. I yeah. wanted to kind of, I wanted to build up, you know, a little bit yeah. of in intrigue. <laughs> How do you escape alligators not being eaten? Okay, good, good question. All right, so for anyone who hasn't seen the video, and if you want to see it, here comes the commercial, go to YouTube, go to The Gator Crusader. It's easy to remember. It rhymes, The Gator Crusader. <laughs> subscribe, doesn't cost you, I think a lot of people think it costs money to subscribe, doesn't cost anything. Just bam, take your finger, one second, hit the subscribe button. It helps me take care of the gators way better, and it's free for you. Yeah. So, all right, commercial over. I won't make you sit through too many more of those guys. <laughs> um, but uh, what happened was, I, I don't, like I said, I don't like to do just boring shows about alligators. Like, look in the back of his mouth. You could see the epiglottical valve. Obviously, I'm, I'm not into that. So my version of gator shows was basically, I tried to make it like 
Indiana Jones, where I'm jumping over the gators, they're snapping at my feet. <laughs> I had a treasure chest, and then I trained. Alligators can be trained to go after objects. It's called target training. Mm -hmm. Most trainers just train with like a stick. So that way, wherever they move the stick, the gator will gladly follow. I target trained them. One, I have um, some gators target trained to a lightsaber. So that way they look like cool Jedi gators. I pull out a lightsaber and all the gators follow it around everywhere, which is fun. And then I also had them trained to a um, shovel. So it looked like when I was, you know, unburying the, the treasure, the gators knew as soon as they saw that shovel, oh, if my nose can touch it, I'll get food. So I start running. I have the shovel purposely going behind me. The gators are chasing mm -hmm. it. And, you know, it appears, oh, those gators are booby traps. They're there to guard the treasures. So that's the kind of show I would do, a very Indiana Jones-ish show. Yeah. And as part of the show, I had this brilliant idea. There was like this big boulder out maybe, you know, five feet from the ledge. So I thought, oh, it'd be cool if I did like an Indiana Jones and swung out with my legs dangling from the ledge to the rock over like with a little rope swing. Mm -hmm. And um, I even trained the gators like when they saw me jump to kind of leap a little bit at my toes, leap a little bit at my feet. So it went great. I usually videotape most of my shows just because you never know what's going to happen. And this one, this one time I was swinging out over the gators and sure enough, the rope swing broke and I counted, there were 13 alligators below me. Oh my God. I fell back first, right on top of 13 gators. And then I made sure the video got cut off there. Cause I'm like, everyone is going to wonder what happened. <laughs> yeah. you, gotta, you gotta protect your brand a little bit, get people interested in you. Oh, for sure. That is scary. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah. I'm wondering. Oh, I was I was scared. I mean, I do things like I get in the water and swim around with the gators, but like it's on my terms when I when I know where they're at and stuff. I've been doing alligator stuff for a long, long time, and I would say that is one of the scariest things that that has ever happened to me. As I was even falling, because you know how like when traumatic things happen to you, it goes in slow motion. I was thinking to myself as I was falling, oh man, this is how I die. Everybody mm -hmm. always said, you're gonna die from the gators. And I always laughed at them and said, <sighs> stupid. And like, as I'm falling, this is all going through my head. I'm like, they're all gonna say, I was right. And that's all I'm thinking That's about. why you had to spring back up. Right, I'm like, yeah. I can't let them be right. So, yeah. so yeah. basically I hit the water and I was pretty convinced. I mean, these gators know me really well, but I was convinced, you know, just out of instinct, if you fell on top of 13 dogs who are even your best buddies, you know, you would think one of them would just bite out of instinct. And then I was afraid because gators tend to, once one grabs something, then the others all grab it like, ooh, what do we got? What do we got? And then they all mm -hmm. start spinning and rolling. So I was thinking, okay, best case scenario, I come out with maybe two or three bites, maybe half of my arm is gone. That's best case. And you Worst have children case. in the crowd, right? And there's kids in the crowd too. Whoa. I'm like, oh, this is going to be something they're going to be talking about for years and years. Traumatized. Yes, yes. Someone, <laughs> yeah. someone will be on a couch saying, when I was seven years old, I saw this cater show. <laughs> so I hit the water. And I'm like, just get out, just get out. And if you do happen to see the final part where I get out of the water, 
it looks like I'm on a trampoline. Like, I'm pretty old. I'm kind of short. I used to do pro wrestling on the weekends. So, you know, like my elbows and knees and feet and ankles, they're not doing so great. <laughs> I don't even know how I move this fast. Like, I was just like, that was crazy. <laughs> You might have broken a world record there. That was like the I, fastest yes. I've ever seen someone move. But yes, I mean, I, I would could, too. <laughs> I could have been in the Olympics with that. So I bounce out of the water and I'm still convinced, okay, I must have gotten a couple bites. But I, like you said, I do see the, the, the kids in the crowd and their eyes are just popped wide open. Their mouths are open. And so I'm like, okay, I can't worry about myself. I got to let the kids know everything's all right. So I kind of look at them and give this fake, yeah, that was kind of planned i'm okay and i'm trying to you know the show must go on that's what i was always taught so i was just trying to keep going with the show and let them know it's okay mm -hmm. but while i'm talking to them i'm on the down low like touching my elbow like ooh, is my elbow still there touching the back <laughs> oh of my, my gosh head. like oh, i was so much adrenaline I, I was pretty convinced because I've been bitten by alligators before and you kind of don't feel it for the first few minutes because of the adrenaline. Right. So I'm thinking, oh man, I could be in three pieces and I just don't feel it yet. So I'm like afraid to look down at myself. Like, is my leg going to be there? Is my leg in a gator's mouth? Because I know with your adrenaline, I I'm not going to feel it. So I'm just wondering, what do I look like? How horrible am I? And I was really scared touching the back of my head. I'm like, I know I'm going to feel my brain. I know it's just yeah. going to be a bare brain. <laughs> and then I touch oh it. I'm gosh. like, oh, it's my head. My head's there. <laughs> and then I got to the point where I'm like, this is impossible. This is like, you, you know the movie Glass where Bruce Willis was in the train wreck mm -hmm. and yeah. he had not an injury on him? I was mm -hmm. like, this is impossible for me to not have a single bite. Plus, I, I didn't hit my head on the rocks. I didn't scrape my foot. I, I didn't twist my ankle. I had zero injuries. And then I got to the point, I thought literally to myself, I was like, there's no way I could have zero injuries. I bet you anything, I got ripped into like 20 pieces and I'm passing over to whatever is on the next side of the, the, oh the my universe. Oh my God. <laughs> and, I, and I really, I, this is legit. I'm not just saying this for intrigue in the podcast. Right. I truly was thinking because I was so sure I was gonna get bit at least a couple times. The fact I had zero injuries, I had convinced myself, and you got a picture, I'm still doing the Gator show the whole time. But in mm -hmm. the back of my head, I'm like, I died a horrific death and my guardian angel must have come <sighs> down and you know how they always say they try to give you a peaceful transition to mm -hmm. the yeah. other side. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, my guardian angel must must not be letting me see the fact that I'm in 12 pieces and being swallowed by gators. He's trying to peacefully transition me to the afterlife. And he knows how much I enjoy alligator shows. So he's going to let me finish my one last gator show before I finally realized that I, I passed away. So I'm doing this show thinking in the back of my head, I'm dead. This is my final show. That's insane. <laughs> and the closer I'm getting to the end of the show, the more I'm like, no, when this show over, I'm really going to be dead. And so it's Ooh. just, I let that show go as long as I could because I'm like, <laughs> well, I know what I say. Thanks for coming out, folks. See you later. It's going to be all over.
And Do you think I even was- went to the front to the guys of the gift shop. I come running up to them. You know, they have no idea what happened. They just saw me say goodbye. And I come running up. I'm like, somebody touch me, touch my face. Tell, tell me I'm real. And they're just like, what the freak is wrong with you? Touch your face. It was quite the adventure. The video itself is pretty impressive. But if I could have somehow, you could have heard my mind and what was going through it. That was quite the adventure. Okay. So it's good to know that you're not like one of those crazy people who thinks that like dangerous animals are like little pets. You knew that you could have been dead. Right. Which is refreshing. Yes. yes. With a lot of yeah, that. I'm not like I'm not a big fan of those people who like feed alligators pizza and put tutus on them and go to sleep at night with them. Even though I am into alligator training, you can train gators to do all kinds of things. Like we were talking about earlier, I have alligators that know their names. I have a couple that know the difference between right and left. I'll say turn right, he'll turn to the right. Right now I'm trying to teach them um, red from blue. I've got a few alligators that will sit still enough that without restraint, a vet can walk up behind them, take a blood sample of their tail and they, the gator doesn't spin, the gator doesn't bite because I'm standing in front of them, giving them the hold command. Mm. Because I had a lot of vets come to me and say, you know, when we try to take blood samples, everybody just jumped on the gator and taped up his mouth and roped him and the gator was fighting back. And they're like, that's not a real prime way you want to get a blood sample from an animal. I'd like to have them nice and calm. So a mm. uh, vet said, do you think you could get a gator calm enough to take a blood sample from them without any restraint at all? And I was like, ooh, that's, that's going to be a tall, a tall tale. But we, we did it, and we've had the vets do that. So, so see, I'm not all just games and, and Speedos and stuff. There's a little bit of science mm-hmm. to me. Because I know but, you're also into uh, gator conservation. Which right. Is, not just with gators in general, but I'm also very interested in, like, animal conservation and just everything like that. I love animals. I've always been huge into, like, Planet Earth and all those documentaries and just saving exactly. the Earth stuff. Yeah, yeah, I totally get it. And that's, that's another reason why I kind of try to use comedy, because I was thinking, you know, I've never really seen anybody try to use comedy for conservation. They always make, like, conservation this almost scary thing, like, yeah. in 200 years from now, we will no longer have any animals or any air to breathe. And I'm like, I don't know if scaring people is maybe the right way. It, I mean, it works a little bit. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what if I tried to do conservation as more of a fun thing? So people are like, when they hear crocodile conservation, instead of being like, oh, I don't know, they might say, oh, I just saw a crazy guy dressed up as Hulk Hogan running around with, with <laughs> these guys yesterday. I think they're pretty cool animals. Maybe we should donate to conservation. So yeah, there, there is a method to my madness, but mm-hmm. sometimes it's just madness as well. <laughs> That's that's a cool approach. I appreciate looking at a different way because yeah. doom and gloom doesn't always work. Right. And I mean, and you don't want to downplay it either and be like, oh, everything's okay. Don't worry about it. But I feel like there's enough of the doom and gloom with the conservation to the point where I even notice, like, I start hearing something about, and then this, and I'm like, ah. Oh. I don't want to hear sadness. There's enough sadness in my life. Let's hear something fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I just t- try to do things more of the, the fun 
kind of way. And it seems like the gators are a lot smarter than a lot of people think they are with the way that, you, that you're able to train them. They really are. They're like I was saying, I'm, I'm trying to work on them knowing the difference between red and blue. They come when they call. They, they stop when they're called. You could teach them to do just about anything. But at the same time, like what we were going back to, even though you can, can train them, you can't 100% trust them. I mean, even people with pet dogs, their pet dogs do bite them sometimes. Right. And if a dog bites you, it's not that bad. If you have a pet gator and he gets scared or nervous and he gives you a little chomp, that's that's a far bigger deal. So, yeah. like I said, even though you can train them pretty well, taming them is, and trusting them 100%, that's a little iffier. Yeah, I agree. Well, speaking of pet alligators... A topic we covered a few weeks ago with our uh, good friend Kian from the Wide Atlantic Weird podcast. Okay, I like um, it. I like it. We're talking about sewer gators. So, do you know anything about uh, New York City sewer gators? That is, oh man, I was actually going to bring that up today. How oh, funny! I'm, I'm we were, we're on a wavelength. We're doing this whole. Uh, the, the, we're doing it. We're doing this whole sci-fi wavelength thing. Yeah, here we are. Back to alligators in the sewer. I'm so glad you brought that up. We definitely have the Misfit Mysteries connection going. Yeah. Um, because I was trying to, you know, think of what, what was a kind of a cool alligator mystery type of thing to bring up in the show. And honestly, alligators in the sewers, especially in the sewers of New York, is kind of like our alligator version of Bigfoot, or, or maybe mm-hmm. you could even say alien abductions, where mm-hmm. some people will swear it's true, and then you'll have equal people saying, no, there's no way, there's no photographic evidence, and then you'll have other people that say, I've seen it myself. Here is where the story comes from. Back in the 50s and 60s, you used to be able to buy alligators as pets, baby mm-hmm. alligators. You could come to Florida, it was like 25 cents and bring home a baby gator in a shoebox. And oh, yeah. then um, the story is a lot of parents, like grandparents would bring it back. Oh, Charlie, I brought you up a pet from Florida. The parents saw it, they freaked out, they flushed them down the toilet. And the story is the alligator survived the flush, which that part I definitely could believe is true. Alligators, you know, they're, they're like dinosaurs. They have armor. They're pretty well protected. Mm-hmm. They probably didn't all survive it, but I could see some of them. And then the legend goes, because there's so many rats down there and there's no people to bother them, that the gators got larger and larger and huge. And because it's nice and warm, you know, it's humid uh, down in those sewers, that they could survive the winter. And supposedly some people swear that there are gigantic, huge alligators roaming the sewers of New York. Mm-hmm. And there's enough people that have said they've seen them that there got to be something to it. But then also, just like with Bigfoot or the Loch Ness Monster, there's no real good pictures of it. Nobody's ever come out of New York missing an arm. But who <laughs> knows if maybe they didn't even survive the gator ate have you seen the, uh Have you seen the 1935 Harlem Sewer Gator? That's like one of the first real sewer gators. I have not seen that one. All right. So... We we went over the history of the sewer gators. I wrote a blog about it. I mean, shameless I mean, plug it's here. Pre- it's pretty interesting. So I, where I can sent, we find this blog? Uh, I just sent it to you. It's on our website, misfitsmysteries.com. I just sent it in the uh, Zoom chat. 
If you okay. scroll down to the uh, 1935 section of the timeline, you can see a photo of it. So there were sewer gators. Like that was a real thing. I believe it. There has none to- of them. None of them survived the winter because, especially back in the 30s, and like, the first sewer gator attack was in 1907 in New Jersey. But as a baby gator and just took a little bit of skin it's off just of the uh, little baby one. one. Yeah, people yeah, but, swear that they're still down there. Yeah, and that and, they've gotten bigger and bigger. And, yeah. I mean, they even made a movie about it but and in, everything. Yeah, like yeah. yeah. But in, in 1935, these two teenagers in Harlem lassoed an 18 foot, 125 pound gator that was just in a storm drain in Harlem. That's crazy. <laughs> I, I I'm gonna dispute it was quite that big, but I'm sure it was pretty big. Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a photo of it of the kids holding it. But that doesn't look like 18 feet. Yeah, no, I mean, sorry, honestly, I meant eight feet. I meant eight feet. I, okay, I misspoke. I was gonna say, <laughs> the biggest gator ever, ever, ever caught was 19 feet long. And yeah, no, I, I misspoke there. Good catch. Okay. <laughs> I mean, 18 feet. Hey, this is all about mysteries and stuff. Let's yeah. go with it. People yeah. don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> it was 18 feet long, everybody, and it had glowing eyes with lasers coming out. It was. I mean, awesome. they're so the, like the legends I've heard are that they're like giant albino gators. I guess the theory is that they're albino. I know because, they because they're not getting the generations sun. yeah yeah i've heard that too and that they that through generations they got bigger and bigger and they got used to the cold so now they can survive the cold better i've i've heard a lot of different things yeah so there were actual sewer gators in the uh i mean the earliest one like so like the latest one that they have actual photographic evidence of is 1937 but right. since then there actually have been gators like do you know about the Cayman they found in Central Park? Yes. Yeah, yeah I remember that um, pretty well. And they, they still actually read in – there have been actually – I'm still reading my blog just because look at the, the data because I wrote it all down. But uh, since 2018, they've actually rescued five alligators in New York City. Yeah. Well, the thought is a lot of people keep them as pets. And then when they get – like alligators do make kind of cute pets because – Here's the thing, like a baby elephant starts off even pretty big. Like a baby elephant's the size of like a little a little Volkswagen or something. <laughs> a baby alligator, it starts off like six inches, super duper small. So when you see something that's small, it's like, oh, that's cute. But then once they get around three, four feet long and they start trying to bite and they're kind of nasty, people are like, I don't know what to do with this thing. Yeah. And and bathtub. Right. And in a lot of states, you're not even allowed to have it. So they're like, I don't want to get in trouble. So a lot of people just, they don't know what to do. They'll let them go in a, in a lake or river. And like I said, the big theory is in the colder states, they don't survive. Mm-hmm. But there are enough legends out there. Like there's a legend of one that supposedly is in Idaho that just somehow can survive the winter and is getting bigger and more dangerous. So there's always these little legends that maybe there's one here, but a lot of the times they don't survive the winter and they're just pets that people let go. Yeah. I mean, I just don't see how, especially like in the thirties, it got so much colder in New York than it does now. So there's no way. Yeah. But yeah, so I guess down in Florida, do you guys have sewer gators? Because I feel like you must. You know what? I, you don't hear of it very often down in Florida, which is kind of funny 
here's the thing. I'm sure they're down there. In, in, in almost every lake and river in Florida, there are alligators. I think the last I checked, the numbers were like for every eight people, there's an alligator in Florida. Oh like literally almost every lake or river does have one. There, there was a funny story a few years ago of a gator coming through like a doggy door. And the oh sweet God. little old lady I mean, even in Florida, you don't expect to see an alligator in your kitchen. Like, right. Even I work with alligators, and that would shock me. But imagine <laughs> being this cute little old lady coming down the stairs, and all of a sudden there's this eight-foot gator in your kitchen hissing and growling. So, like, we have them everywhere. We have them in our kitchens. They show up in our swimming pools. So to be in the sewers wouldn't surprise me too yeah. much. Yeah. I just looked at your article that you wrote about the alligators in the sewers. Mm -hmm. And I still say, I mean, a lot of people debunk it and say there's not, they're not there anymore. I think there may be a few. I really do. I think there could be a few. I don't think they're necessarily like a breeding pair. No, and I don't think they're also 22 feet long and albino yeah. and have super strength. All, all that's probably a little exaggerated, but them being down there, I mean, I think it's possible. Mm -hmm. yeah. Go, go, yeah, it's yeah. possible. I've seen weird things. Yeah. I've, oh, I've seen tons of weird things out there. In, in New York, I've seen some weird stuff. So yeah. it's, I won't put it past uh, New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, someone found a crocodile under a car in Queens. So, like, if that can happen, there can right. be a gator in the sewer. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. So, switching gears a little bit, I'm interested to hear, Michael, how you. Like, how did you get your first gator? You know, as we talked about, like, they're dangerous animals. And it's something that a lot of people are interested in, but mm -hmm. how do you go about getting your first gator? Good question. A lot of it, if you're out there thinking, oh, maybe I want a gator, a lot depends on the state you live in. In fact, now most states don't even allow personal pets. Mm -hmm. You have to like say, I'm going to take it to a school or use it for educational purposes of some sort, or I want to put it on display. You know, I want to start a business with it. But even with that, it's really weird. Every state is totally different. Mm -hmm. So just crossing the border, it's, it's not like, oh, in all of America, this is the rule with alligators. So one, every state is totally different. Some are like really lenient. Like you can have all the crocodiles you want, but you better not have an alligator. Some are the opposite. You can have a gator, but no way a crocodile. In Florida, what it is, is you have to have worked at an alligator place or a zoo or something with alligators mm -hmm. for a set amount of uh, hours. You have to have people sign for you a paper and then you have to have a certain amount of property like if you have under five acres you have to have a place to move the gator to once he gets more than four feet long mm -hmm. which makes so sense. yeah so there's a lot of little rules to it so i started off um when i was 18 i had a, a lot of college scholarships and stuff because Despite my career choice, I was actually pretty smart. I had a scholarship and everything. <laughs> and I had a lot of things, a lot of opportunities with drama and theater. But I always thought, what could be more theatrical than working with alligators? Because like I said, a big part of my mission, it's not just alligators. I also like to get people to 
forget about their problems and just escape for a few minutes, mm -hmm. not worry about the day. That's actually a really big thing for me. And I try to use that in my videos. I try to put little lessons and motivations, try to use, you know, the me battling alligators, kind of like our life battling our worries and troubles and, and demons and monsters. So that's, a, that's another big motivation for me. I really like to try to help people out in that way. And I found out that, like I said, the more I talk about myself, the more I'm like, man, I am just weird. But hey, it's, <laughs> we love it's it. who you are and embrace who you are, accept who you are, mm -hmm. lean into it. That is that is who I am. Right now, the underwear is now on my head for anyone <laughs> So we, we've gotten to the really weird misfit part of this uh, show. <laughs> we're, we're knee deep now. Yeah, we're into it. But anyways, uh, like I said, I was 18. I was really into theater. And, and I, I found the more dangerous, the more I push the envelope, the more people forget about their problems and just get caught up in the, oh my gosh, is this guy mm -hmm. going to survive or not? So I just figured, eh, why do Broadway? Why do tap dance when, I, you know, my version of theater is working with alligators? So mm -hmm. I had scholarships. I'm like, forget that. I want to do stuff with alligators i went to uh alligator park around here and they were like wow we've never heard of anybody who wants to work with gators this bad they almost made me feel bad they're like nobody has this type of interest where they're going to turn out <laughs> scholarships to bring and work with alligators and i was like oh well you've met the one and only they're like you know most of the guys who work here with the gators they just you know they're hillbillies or rednecks and they just want to pick up chicks and they just thought it would be cool to be like yeah i work with gators i'm like no that's not really my thing i'm really into this i really want to do this i mean as long um, as you found what you love that's all that really yeah, matters yeah it was my passion so i worked there for a while and then you know i was like i can start my own alligator company so it was long long version of the story is i worked at a place for a long time i had an apprentice teach me all about gators what they can do what they can't do because it would be i would admit it'd be really hard if i just flat out got a gator without that like apprentice teaching me what to do because there's no college class or even high school class like alligator keeping 101 yeah right. it's really an apprenticeship type of thing so i would say if you do want to work with a gator and you live in a state where it's possible work at an animal place first find a really good apprentice because you might find out after a little bit you're like oh this really isn't for me because i'll be honest most of the people i know when they get bit by a gator they're usually like peace i'm out even the people who are like a week before they're like i'm all about conservation man this is what it's all about they get because bites hurt bites hurt yeah. like Every single time I get bit, I remember like when I'm stuck in the gator's mouth, I always think to myself, man, this hurts so much worse than I remembered. And then the next yeah. time it happens, I take the exact same thing. So most people, once they get bit, they're like, uh, this is not for me. So definitely get that apprenticeship, learn what you're doing, and then decide, is this really what I want to do? Mm -hmm. Have you ever been bit in the water or is it always on land? Because I was wondering like the death roll. Yeah, um, I have been bit in the water just once or twice, not very many times, because that is my, my biggest fear. In fact, my mentor, the guy who taught me everything, he even said, if you get bit on land, you'll, you'll likely survive. He's like, you might lose your arm 
Once again, I, I think, uh, to a gator person, like that's like ah, worst case scenario. But you're yeah. still alive. You're still breathing. Um, but he's like, if they get you in the water, you don't have a good chance of getting out. Yeah. Uh, one time, one got me in the water, and I guess he was just being nice to me because he didn't do the death roll. It was more, it was more just like a gentle tug, like uh, leave me alone, and. I don't know. There, there is a story behind it. I almost don't even want to admit it. I, okay, I was about, <laughs> I got married really young, like way too young. I got married at like 18 years old. And I remember everyone was like, this is a mistake. This is a mistake. And I even got married in the alligator pit. So there are pictures and news videos somewhere of me in a tuxedo, my, my ex-wife now, um, in her wedding gown, wow. sitting on an alligator. We set our vows in an alligator pit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, see, I told you the weirdness was coming. I tried hey, to warn you. We um, love keep life interesting. Yeah. 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 I don't. Uh, yeah. People tell me they're like, you just have the strangest life of anyone. It's if I see an adventure, here's my problem. I don't say no. Someone's yeah. like, Hey, should we try this? I'm like, what's the worst that could happen? If we end up in the hospital, it's a super cool story for our autobiography. Let's go. I don't need that. arms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can still write the autobiography like voice to text now. So yeah, that's true. You're, you're all okay. So anyways, I, I was about to get married. The marriage in the gator pit was cool. I just think it's funny. Like 30 years later, I'm not with her, but I'm still with the alligators. <laughs> I'm like, who did I really marry that night in that alligator pit? Oh. But I remember... A lot of people were telling me it was a mistake. And this was like the show before I was about to get married. I even prayed. I said, God, if you don't want me to marry this girl, have me get bit in this show. Thinking to myself, okay, I'm going to be, it was my way of thinking, oh, I'm going to strong arm God and everybody else who's telling me I shouldn't do it. Because I thought to myself, I'll just be super careful and I won't get bit. And then I can tell everybody I even prayed and I got the go ahead to do yeah. it. Um, so, you know, I thought I was being super sneaky and I'm like, I'll just be extra careful. And anyone who comes against me, I'll be like, what are you going to do? Are you with God? I, I thought I had it all figured out. <laughs> And that very show where I prayed that to happen, the gator bit me in the water. Mm. And everyone always said, if you get bit in the water, you will die. And this gator gave me the lightest, most gentlest tug, almost like, hey, I was sent here to uh, give you a little warning. I don't really want to hurt you, but tug, tug, there's your bite, yeah. there's your warning. Oh don't my get God. <laughs> and the fact that it wasn't even a terrible bite, the fact that it was this light tug, should have been my warning almost like if you get married this is going to be really really bad but here's your warning and i still got <laughs> married anyways and i always look back at that gator and i'm like he was trying to tell me something that's that insane. darn gator knew <laughs> i guess related to that too did you see that news story out of florida where that man jumped in the water and pried his dog out of that gator's jaws yes i did see that I think the craziest yeah. part of that wasn't that he jumped in. His cigar somehow stayed lit the entire time. Yes, yeah. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. That's a, that's a real man right there. That's a Florida man. <laughs> yes, that is, a, that is a Florida man. We may have to share the title of Florida man. Yeah. <laughs> that, I've never pulled that one off yet. But yeah. now you're giving me an idea for another YouTube video. <laughs> what, what is it possible? 
Oh my Honestly, God. the hardest part might just be keeping that cigar lit. <laughs> yeah, that would definitely be the hardest part, especially because, I mean, I'm sure there was splashing and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever gotten a bad injury from an alligator? I mean, I, I've never lost a body part. So, you know, that's in the gator world, that's considered bad. But, you know, yeah. any injury is bad especially from an alligator like i said they always hurt and mm -hmm. it's definitely no fun and, and it's funny because everybody always wants to talk about the bites but mm -hmm. those are kind of like the mistakes it would be like you know um asking a carpenter so tell me about all those times you hit your thumb with the hammer and he's like yeah. oh but but i also get it it's the cool part of the job tell me about the bite i would say probably the worst bite i had was once again, going back to the theater, like every one of my bites, you will find out, oh, this could have been avoided. This could have been avoided. So one, if you're about to get married, don't pray for a gator bite. That's lesson okay. number one. Lesson number two is, okay, I used to have this show where I had it in time with music, where just at the end as the song would go like, dang, da, 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 I'd be standing on this one side of the gator with like my arms out. You know, look very theatrical and cool. Da, 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 da. And I knew I wasn't going to make it to my cool spot unless I jumped over the gator in a way that was like really dangerous. I would be in what's called the danger zone. And I was like, okay, it's either risk getting bit or just not finish in theatrical time. And I'm sure no one in the audience, I'm sure not a single person would have been like, oh, he didn't hit his musical cue. This show sucks. But in <laughs> my mind, that's what somebody was gonna say. Yeah. So I, I tried to get in this bad spot just so I could hit my cue for the big ta-da finish. Sure enough, the gator saw me, spun around, grabbed my arm, and this guy held on for a good, 15 to 20 minutes they came out with ropes and the person with trying to pull the gator's mouth open this gator was so locked in the more they tried to pull the mouth open the more the gator was like no this is my treasure I, he would squeeze tighter and tighter and it been quite a few times but this was the only time that while i was in the gator's mouth I literally thought, okay, I'm not getting out of here with this arm. I pretty yeah. much convinced myself I'm losing this arm because they would, one time she tried to open it and the jaw opened just a little, but his teeth were so stuck so deeply into my forearm that I couldn't even pull my arm out. Oh. Oof. Like I was in there. And then as I tried to pull out, the gator felt it and slammed his jaws on me. So it was almost like getting bit twice in a five minute wow. period. And that's when I started thinking, I'm not escaping. He's keeping my arm. And everybody wants to know what goes through a gator guy's head when his arm is stuck in a gator's mouth. All I could think of to myself is, I'm going to have to wear pajama pants for the rest of my life. That was all that was going through my head. Because here, follow, follow the line of thinking. Um, <laughs> I thought, you know, if I lose my arm and I come up to, you know, Emmy or something and say, hey, can you open this up with a can of Coke? She'll say, you know, oh, poor little one-armed person. I'll open a Coke for you. But if you go to the bathroom and your zipper's undone, and you can't walk up to somebody and be like, hey, I've only got one arm. Can you zip my pants up? 
So I, I don't know why that was the main thought in my head. Like there should have been a billion oh other God. terrible things about not having an arm. And I imagine, like now that I'm not stuck in a gator's mouth, I imagine a one-armed man can zip up his pants. But for some reason, when I was on that gator's back, all I thought is, I, I think pajama pants are so unflattering and gross. And that is what I'm going to have to wear the rest of my life. And it's just funny. I should have been thinking things like, how do I get out? What can I do to help this person? What can I do to calm the gator down? Nope, I was fixated on those daggum pajama pants. <laughs> pajama pants, oh my God. <laughs> it's just That's the crazy. weirdest thing ever. But anyways, eventually after like 15 minutes, I guess the gator read my mind and he's like, oh, he wouldn't look good in pajama pants. Let's, let's just let him go. So I mean, it took a long time, but eventually he let go. That was that was a bad bite. That is too funny. So do you just have alligators? Do you have all sorts of crocodilians? In the past, I used to have alligators and crocodiles. I've worked with caiman. There was a time when I actually worked a lot with rattlesnakes and, and cottonmouths. Uh, but the older I got, the more I'm like, you know what? Let's focus on a specialty. And the more I just, you know, I was always, even as a kid, most passionate about alligators. So the more older I got and the more I'm like, you know, I let's just focus on one animal. I just focus on the gators. That makes sense. Yeah. Do you have any pets other than alligators? I don't personally. There was a strange time. <laughs> oh, man. When I was married for some reason we got into like a crazy pet mode. So I would work with the gators and then come home. And this is in an apartment, mind you, in Florida. In an apartment, <laughs> we had three cats, a dog, two snakes, a pen full of pet mice, and three chickens. We had actual chickens. chickens. Oh my God. In an apartment. I look back on it and like even someone as weird as me looks back on it as like, what the heck? What was going on? <laughs> Just like, imagine around. going into somebody's apartment and there's freaking chickens clucking around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I got divorced, I guess I was like, no more of the pet thing. I, I mean, there was a time when I actually had permits and had alligators in the house they were in enclosures they weren't just roaming loose mm -hmm. like my entire garage was an alligator enclosure like i said number one it's not a good idea this was years ago we have gotten wiser with age and two it got to be the point where i would work with gators during the day i'd come home and take care of gators you know gators 24 7 i just felt like i never got a break you got to give yourself a little break especially when you're dealing with dangerous animals. Mm -hmm. you just gotta, I can imagine. Yeah, you got to have some type of downtime. I want you to tell us some interesting gator facts, just a few quick ones. Yeah, some weird stuff that people may not know. Alligators cannot stick their tongue out. Really? They do have a tongue, though. Because, you know, they, they have taste buds, and sometimes when they get <laughs> food, they kind of use it to flip food in the back of their mouth. But the, their tongue is fixed to the bottom of their mouth because i'm sure you've seen videos and tv where gators slam their jaws shut mm -hmm. it's an involuntary reaction they don't think about it if a bug hits inside their mouth or if a raindrop hits inside their mouth and they have their mouth open it naturally just out of instinct boom slams shut oh wow 
So if they were like a dog and were panting and could stick their tongue out and then a piece of rain hit their mouth, they would actually bite their own tongue off. Oh. Oh, wow. <laughs> Alligators do have a tongue, but it's fixed to um, the, the, the bottom of their mouth. <laughs> that's interesting. So, yeah, that, that's pretty interesting. They also have, if you look at their jaws, they almost look like little freckles if you look at them up close. Mm -hmm. But what they are is almost like how a cat has whiskers to feel. Yeah. They send out little electromagnets in the water. And that way, even if they're in dirty, muddy water, they can still feel a fish swimming by because of those little, um, they're called ISOs, uh, those little dots all over their jaws. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, that's, and another thing people are always really interested in is alligators do bellow it almost sounds like a lion roaring it's a deep <laughs> kind of thing they mostly do it to attract mate but i've noticed with alligators the deeper your voice is the quote sexier you are like <laughs> to to a female gator the deeper the voice is like the bigger the muscle on a guy mm -hmm. so what will happen is one gator will like do a bellow and it's almost like Hey, baby, listen to how deep my voice is. <laughs> and then another gator will hear it and be like, his voice is deep, but mine is even deeper. And so they're all doing this bellowing thing, trying to attract the females by like, listen to how deep my voice is. Mm -hmm. So I guess James Earl Jones would be like the sexiest alligator of all time. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a gator will do sometimes if they hear a garbage truck or maybe a motorcycle in the distance, they think it's another alligator <laughs> challenging them. Oh, so wow. They'll hear, they'll hear a motorcycle and all of a sudden they'll answer it back like, oh no, deep, my deep voice is deeper. And they <laughs> do this deep little roar. And I'm like, oh, you don't need to challenge a garbage truck here. Your lady <laughs> is safe, but it's just kind of funny. And, and supposedly, if you hit, I can't remember what the note is. I think it's like F sharp or B flat, one of those two. If a tuba hits it, sometimes you can actually induce the bellow. You can get a, a gator to bellow. Interesting. And so every, every animal park at one time has had a guy come out there with a tuba or a French horn or trombone and, uh -huh. and try to get the gators to bellow. If you hit it just right, you got to get the ground to vibrate. So you got to hit that note just right mm -hmm. you can get the other gators to to make that sound oh that's pretty cool so actually one thing is so is it true that if you pick up a baby alligator it will like scream and the mom will come usually usually baby alligators just like baby dogs are called uh, puppies baby cats kittens mm -hmm. baby alligators are called grunts g-r-u-n-t-s because often when you pick them up they make a little sound like yeah, <laughs> they, they make that little grunting sound. And what that is, is basically, hey, mama, someone's picking me up. And moms will guard their babies ferociously. Mm -hmm. When it's time for them to lay eggs, the, it takes about three months for the eggs to hatch. Often mm -hmm. the mother gator will not even eat. She will just stay by that nest and make sure nothing gets in it. And it's crazy, this animal that has, you know, reputation of being a, so dangerous and scary, which they are, is like such a loving mother. Like, they mm. will not eat. They just guard those babies. And mm. then when the time for the babies to hatch, the moms will often put the eggs in their mouth. Now, these guys can crush turtle shells 
and crushed bones easily, yet the mom knows what little tiny pressure it takes to just crack the egg open without hurting the babies, which to me cool. is pretty awesome and amazing. Yeah, that's incredible. That's really cool. So the moms will guard the babies. So if you pick up a baby, the only chance you might have is sometimes they may have 30 to 50 babies. So, you know, if you've ever had even one kid, good luck trying to keep your eye on that. Like, <laughs> you blink, you blink. And, and somehow the kid's like 18 miles away. And it's like, how did that happen? <laughs> so I can't even imagine having 30 and being out in the wild where there's all kinds of things. If the mom hears that sound, she will protect the baby. So yeah, uh, another good lesson for anyone listening. Even if you see a cute little adorable baby gator, leave it alone because mama is somewhere close yeah. by. It's like mama bear. You don't want to mess with mama bear. Exactly, exactly. I actually have one last question for you. Sure, well. sure. Do you know there used to be those hoofed gators millions of years ago? Right, right, yeah. Do you think that would be scarier than one that exists now? <laughs> or not? Oh, yeah. But Definitely. I'm just wondering because the ones that are still alive today were clearly good enough evolutionarily to right. survive. Well, there's a Cuban crocodile. They're not found in anywhere but just this little part of Cuba. And those guys gallop. They, they almost gallop like a horse. Mm-hmm. And anybody who has ever, like, I've worked with them and others, uh, we all say that those guys are the most dangerous. So I would say if they have the capabilities of a crocodile but can also gallop on land or just have a little bit of land capability, you are in trouble. But the cool thing about the Cubans is they are like velociraptors. I'm convinced the guy who wrote Jurassic Park went to a zoo and heard about Cuban crocodiles. Because what they'll do is, if you're just a zookeeper and you go into the Cuban crocodile pen, usually they have like three or four of them. One comes out, snapping his jaws, jumping at you, splashing water. And of course, you're spending all your time focusing on this croc that you think is about to attack and kill you. Like, they're going nuts. Mm -hmm. They're leaping at you. But that crocodile is all a decoy. It's all a show. While you are focusing on that croc, the other three silently, quietly sneak up behind you and cover your exit path. So you're, you're worried about this crocodile that you shouldn't even worry about. So you turn around and your exit is covered. And That's I'm like, scary. this is like real life Velociraptor. And like I said, they're so fast, they can gallop on, on land. Wow. So, okay. Well, yeah, I'm glad so I asked we, that question because that was a yeah. very interesting response. <laughs> yeah, we, we kind of still have some of those. I'm going to Google a video of that after this. Because <laughs> yeah, I remember before we got some Cuban crocodiles at a place we worked at, we read a book about them and the book's like they hunt in packs. And we're all like, no way, like a wolf. Because, you know, we thought we knew everything. We're like, <laughs> we've dealt with enough crocodiles to know they don't hunt in packs. They're not that smart. But sure enough, they really are. And they're really pretty, too. And they're also super endangered. So anybody listening, if you're looking for a cool crocodile to maybe give a little money to, try to bring back the Cuban crocodiles, you'd be, like, helping velociraptors. And also, like, the coolest, most beautiful of all the crocodiles. So see? Images right now. They're pretty cool. They're really pretty. Wow. They're like <laughs> I they have a cool, like, spectacled look. Yes. Yep. And they're not super big. It's funny. There's a big argument amongst like a lot of crocodile keepers. Which one is more dangerous? There's a saltwater crocodile. Like that's the one that 
the crocodile hunter dealt with. Now those mm -hmm. guys get to be huge, like more than 20 feet long. They are like T-Rex, but they don't hunt in packs and stuff. So half the, half, that's always a big debate. Oh half my the people God. are like, you know, Sorry, yeah. I just found a I found a picture of it launching itself out of the water. Yeah, oh, they will yes, they can pretty much like use their tail. They'll launch almost all the way out. And and if wow. you look around, there are a few videos of them galloping around. It's it's crazy. They're fast, they're strong. And like I said, it's almost like Velociraptor versus T-Rex. So, and there's always an argument which are more dangerous. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, again, where can people find you? All right. So uh, my big thing is, like I said, I do a lot of YouTube videos. A lot of times I go live because when you see a YouTube video, you pretty much know, okay, he survived because he edited it and all that stuff. But if I'm live on YouTube, who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> so definitely subscribe. It's The Gator Crusader. I also have a website gatorcrusader.com where you can get t-shirts and I'm doing something kind of new called virtual feeding of a gator because right now a lot of people aren't allowed to travel and even people who are allowed to travel it's we don't have the money to travel and even then if you go to a zoo you can't go inside a gator pen and feed them I take a hot dog and then with icing I will write whatever message you want a lot of people want their name. Some people want their ex's name written on it. Some people, their business. And whatever message you want on the hot dog, I will hold the camera, take it right up to the gator. You'll watch. So you'll, uh, you know, we're live streaming. So you feel like you are in the gator pen with me. And boom, we feed, we feed the gator together. And I call it virtual gator feeding. So I always say for like Christmas, if you have someone who's like, I don't know what to get them. They've got everything. I bet they've never virtually fed a gator. So for that and just more information about what I'm up to, mm -hmm. because I've got something pretty huge on the horizon, but it's so huge. I actually had to sign a confidentiality contract. But to find out what I'm <laughs> up to, go to GatorCrusader.com. And, and you can find me, like, if people are really into, like, the TikTok stuff, if you're, like, a kid, I guess, or um, if you're into Instagram, you can find me pretty much anywhere under the Gator Crusader. But I really push the, the website because you can get gator teeth necklaces and stuff. And then YouTube, of course, because mm -hmm. that's where I spend most of my effort on. Well, that's awesome. Thank that you so fun. much for coming on. Hey there. Do you like movies, cartoons, video games, anime, and everything in between? Then we have a show for you. The Four Nerds by Nerds podcast. Every week, Josh and Ben bring you all the latest and greatest in movie reviews, news, commentaries, interviews, special guests, and tons of bonus episodes. New episodes come out every Monday. We also make great nerdy content on our YouTube channel. You can find our show anywhere podcasts are found. The Four Nerds by Nerds podcast. Your one stop for all your nerdy needs. Stay nerdy, my friends. And we're back. You guys should go check out Four Nerds by Nerds podcast. They're a great show. So it's time to get into Kid Nation. Do you want to start us off here, Emmy? Yeah, sure. So this episode, we watched the kids have an election, uh huh, which is very exciting. And I believe it was right before the 
2008 election in the yes, U.S. So, yes, it was. Yeah. Um, so, it was 2007. So I don't know where exactly that falls. I'd have to guess that. Yeah. So I think it must have been Obama and McCain. I don't know if like it was election day yet, but I imagine there's at least those two are the options and they're campaigning. Yeah. So it was very exciting. It was really fun actually watching this because it's like an interesting timepiece almost. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, we just had an election, so... Yeah. It's also just funny, like, looking back at it, because we were around these kids' ages when this was going on, so... That's so true, yeah. Yeah, not the older kids. We were we were middle of the pack. I think we were, like, 11 or 12, probably, right? All right, so then the book tells them they have to have an election, and then they announce at the meeting that there's an election, and then they are like, basically, raise your hands if they're going to run against us. So... Laurel runs unopposed. It sucks because the green team has a lot of great leaders. I know. Michael at one point literally said if he was on any other team, he would have ran. Yeah. But I almost feel like they need to change the pace because I'm not saying it's against Laurel, but she has been their leader the past three weeks where they've finished in the bottom tier. Right. So, I mean, just saying. And then yeah, Olivia runs against Anjay. She was being so mean to him. She was being kind of a bitch and then it was taylor versus zach and then guylin versus michael and -hmm. i said who the hell is guylin when guylin stood up i was like we've never seen them i I I thought guylin remember that name i thought guylin was a girl until guylin referred to himself as a he i'm like oh oh okay i couldn't tell because prepubescent boy with really long hair you can't tell you can't tell and also guylin's been homeschooled his entire life so i say he's probably weird as fuck so i'm all in on guyland backing up a second when they announced in the cafeteria that they were going to have an election the cafeteria erupted oh no there's a food fight it was crazy Andre was just like getting pelted with like waffles or something There's a part where Olivia like threw something at Anjay and Anjay threw something back and then she just like bitched him out. It's like, we just have to go back. I'm like, oh my God. I don't understand what her aversion was to him. Like I had never seen that rivalry before. Yeah. I think that they invent these things. Yeah. I've never seen them like have a rivalry before until just then. Yeah. Like I didn't know that people weren't really a fan of Anjay. Yeah. I mean, I kind of do agree though. He's kind of like the most passive of all of the leaders. I feel like he never stands up for himself. He never like gets his voice heard. Yeah, and we don't really see a lot of him. There are a lot of people who don't do anything in this, and that's kind of crazy to me. Yeah, and I mean, maybe they do, and we just don't see them. Yeah, but. the competition is hysterical, right? They have to like yeah. break pinatas open, and then there's like presidents' faces in them. They have to order them in the right order. And I thought for sure that this was going to fuck over Taylor and make her be a worker. But somehow, somehow, yellow team won. And green team got second place, at least. The best part of the entire competition, basically, there's a race at the very end between green and yellow for first place. And I think it was either Sophia or Laurel just hits Taylor the fucking stiff arm and pushes her out of the way to ring the bell. And then they ended up having the order of the presidents wrong, which is sad. It was really sad. And it was even more sad because Taylor did not know the order of the presidents herself. No, she didn't. Jack was just 
feeding her the information. The host literally asked Taylor who the president was before Bush, and she had no idea. But to be fair, I mean, in her lifetime. Yeah, just Bush. Well, no, I mean, Clinton. It, Clinton was, but she was one she and was two a, when Clinton was around. Yeah, exactly. Like, she was an infant. Yeah. So. So, the final standings, if I'm right, were it was yellow upper class, green merchant class. At least green got a fake job, so that's good for them. At least they're not at the bottom. Yeah. So, red are the cooks and blue are the laborers, mm-hmm. um, which is surprising because they usually go to the other jobs. And then my favorite thing is Kelsey, the Asian girl, who only gets interviewed once in a while and contributes absolutely nothing to the show, right? She She always just drops these one-liners. Yeah. In reference to Zach, her saying Zach's not going to be a good leader because he's smart, she says, quote, I mean, look at George W. Bush. He's not smart at all, but he he won the U.S. president two times in a row. Yep. (laughs) Yep. Kelsey, you're pretty smart. (laughs) Yep. Okay, and then they won the award, and this one pissed me off. They had to choose between toothbrushes and floss and barbecue. Which, uh, they already were, like, brushing their teeth with baking soda. Why didn't their parents force them to take a toothbrush and toothpaste with them? Well, they probably weren't allowed. That just seems like a lawsuit waiting to happen, though. But, I mean, at that point, you already haven't, you haven't brushed your teeth in that long. Go for the barbecue. I know. Like, I was so angry when they chose it. Like, that's not look, delicious. And they actually time, need protein. Yeah. I mean, this is like when they chose the Holy Books mm-hmm. over, what was it? That was putt-putt golf. So the Oh, yeah. Gone. I mean, the mini golf. Yeah. You could have protein. And then Taylor says something like, we can call check it if we need protein. It's like barbecue versus toothpaste. So you're already like halfway done. Just let your teeth rot for two more weeks. I know. How is that even a decision? No, I know. It's all Taylor's fault. And I love how that affected the election. Okay. So then I wrote down, I don't remember what this was in reference to, but I wrote Taylor's definitely a Karen as an adult, the way that she talks to people and like butts in. And it's just like, so like, you can't tell me what to do. I'm in charge. Right. She's going to be a Karen one day. It's just not good. I feel like they also just do their best to make Taylor sound really dumb. I know. She's also 10. So like, but she's yeah. really entitled, which is annoying. I don't Deal like with her. it. Deal That's with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. Deal with it. And then Markel, who, who the hell is Markel? He, he pops up every once in a while. So Markel, also, where do you get a pogo stick? Markel rips down this little girl's like political sign and starts pogo sticking on top of it and then yeah. starts saying like, why did you do that he goes because taylor's the worst leader <laughs> they probably gave him that pogo stick just so he could do that i know right i was like where the hell did that come from <laughs> and then the little girl started crying and let me tell you what i don't know what happened but great you cannot deny that greg was a good boy this week he was. He was really nice to the little kids. She was crying and he comforted her. He hasn't complained at all. I think he's just a hormonal 15-year-old hanging out with babies. Yeah. I mean, the past couple episodes, I still don't think that he was being a good guy, but... You can't deny it that he No, was... he, he was good this week. He was I don't think he's a bad person. He's just 
a hormonal teenager and imagine how frustrating it must be having like a 10 year old tell you what to do or someone younger than you so true and like everyone on the council is like 11 he's the oldest kid just imagine having everyone around you some of them are five years younger than him telling him what to do that would really piss me off too i wonder if greg ever considered running for council i wonder maybe it'll happen eventually but i think you're gonna have another election oh i have no idea well we'll see if guyland actually does anything yeah that's true (laughs) (laughs) that's gonna uh be what is the deciding factor but i thought that was really sweet of him so basically the next thing is they're at the uh, meeting before the election they give the star to greg which i think this week was really deserved he was a good guy this week he didn't really complain bitch and moan or curse and remember that photo that you found of like him with like hanging out with taylor Mm -hmm. well now i understand why she's the reason he was able to go to college so like I know, honestly, his speech always made me tear up a little bit because he was just so thankful that he can now go to college. Yeah. I wonder what ended up happening to him. I saw a photo of him. We're going to do the whole, like, where are they now thing in the final episode. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to get spoiled, but I saw a photo of him, and he looked fine. He didn't look like he was a druggie or anything, so. Well, that's good. (laughs) Yeah. All right, so then finally, let's go to the election. Okay, so Laurel obviously won because Laurel is Laurel and no one ran against her. <laughs> Anjay ended up winning blue, which was, I mean, I'm not really surprised. I don't really think Olivia was going to be a good option. Did you? No, she just seemed like she was running out of spite. Like she didn't want to do it for the good of the town. Yeah, you know? she sort of said, I'm better than him. So I don't think yeah. that she had the best intentions. No, um, and and like nobody voted for her. It seemed like only like probably her little sister. Yeah, I know. Seriously, and then Mike, poor poor Mike, Gylan swept the floor with Mike. He had unanimous a vote, vote for, for Gylan. No, it was one vote for Mike, uh, and then the rest for Gylan. And I don't think that Mike voted for himself. I don't think he was able to. Yeah, the best part about this was Mike's quote. Did you write down? I didn't do that. Yeah, I did. All right, what was it? I don't remember. So the quote is, my ego just got eaten, digested, crapped out by a coyote, eaten by vultures, and tossed off a cliff. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, look, I dislike Mike, but I didn't think he was that bad of a leader that Gallon was going to sweep him. No, that honestly really threw me off. I didn't think that he was going to get dethroned. I was surprised. Yeah, especially not that decisively. Yeah. And then finally, Zach dethroned Taylor by like two votes, which is exciting. I can't believe that many people voted for Taylor. The girls all like her because she lets them sleep in. Yeah, which is just like, come on, guys. Like, I know. Have some integrity. And the last thing I wrote is, who the fuck is Randy? And why are we just learning about her now? Wait, who's Randy? She was just some one of the the girls. She was like the blonde girl. She had oh, she said yeah. something about Zach and a nice thing about him. Or she, she like voted for him. She's like she said something like, um, I don't dislike Taylor, but I think it's time for a change, something like that. And I just yeah, wrote, who I the fuck that. is Randy? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a lot of uh, a lot of people coming out of the woodworks today. Yeah, they didn't do much, but they just yeah. were featured because they're probably like oh shit these poor kids have been suffering and we haven't even shown them yet (laughs) 
we got to get them in somehow. All right. So I think I was going to wrap up the episode there. Uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. We had a great time. Yeah. And again, please go check out our friend, Michael the Gator Crusader. Yeah. You can find him on YouTube, TikTok, Twitter, everywhere. I like my camera works, finally. <laughs> also, check out Wide Atlantic Weird. Our episode's up now with uh, Kian. We talked about the Montauk Project. It's really cool. So you should check him out. You can find him all over the place. Our newsletter is going to come out sometime this week. I'm thinking Thursday. So we'll know for sure on Twitter. Uh, mm-hmm. Just to be safe, you can go to our website and sign up for the newsletter now just so you don't miss a thing. And tell them where they can find us, Emmy. You guys can find us on social media at podcast underscore misfits on Instagram and Twitter. And you can also find all of our episodes, blogs, you know, latest updates on our website, which is misfitsandmysteries.com. And as always, stay spooky. Stay misfits. spooky. Storybox audience.